بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على خاتم النبيين على آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم إنا نسألك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا اللهم ربنا زدنا علما السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته The only one subhanahu wa ta'ala who deserves to be worshipped. The only one who gave us all of these graces we are holding. Brothers, as you see, this book we are studying is bringing cases after cases. Those cases which is talking about the creed of a Muslim, the creed of a mu'min, how to deal with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in his holy book, what Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us in his hadith, how to deal with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself, how to praise him, how to love him, how to follow what he told us to do. How to be careful not to exaggerate on him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This chapter we have tonight is actually talking about a case of Hidayah. As Allah mentioned in the beginning, or the, the Imam, rahimahullah, when he put this chapter, he put the ayah as the headline of the chapter. إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتِ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ what is the case? The case of Hidayah. Actually, when we read the Holy Book of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, we have this ayah, and we have another ayah which is almost the, same, uh, the opposite. The people who do not understand Quran or Sunnah, they think that there is some contradicting in Quran. How is Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala in this ayah telling us that Hidayah cannot be done by Muhammad But in the other ayah, in Surah Al-Shura 52, Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَىٰ صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ This ayah in Surah is, he said, yes, you are making hidayah. And this ayah we have in here, the chapter, which is in Al-Qasas, he said, you cannot make hidayah. So people who do not understand Quran, they will say, how is that? Which one is correct? Both of them are correct. How is that? We have to, to now to bring them all together and understand them. What is meant by Hidayah in the first ayah? What is meant by the Hidayah in the second ayah? They are not the same actually. Those people who understand Quran, they understand that Hidayah in the first one, the first and the Hidayah in the other one. In this case, we can really combine them all together. Quran cannot have ayahs which is contradicting each other. And also Sunnah is same. And Sunnah and Quran cannot be contradicting each other. All of them are going the same way, the same road, the same goal. So in the beginning, before we talk about the ayah, let's see now what is the case. What is meant by the hidayah in the first ayah, which is in Surah Al-Qasas, and the other ayah, which is in Surah Al-Shura. The ulama of As-Salaf, rahimahumullah, the Mufassirin, like Ibn Kathir, Ibn Jarir, and the others, when we talk about these two ayahs, they said it clearly that Hidayah in the first ayah, which is in Surah Al-Qasr, 
Böyle Allah Subhanahu wa Teala secdesi ya Muhammed you cannot make hidayah the meaning of the ayah inneka la tahdi men ahbab you cannot make hidayah to the people you love or to the people you love them to be in hidayah both meanings are okay accepted also that hidayah is talking in here that the hidayah of tawfiq tawfiq means to put the hidayah into the heart yani ya Muhammed you cannot take hidayah or iman or faith I'm putting it in the heart for the person you like. That's not up to you. And the other ayah, وَإِنَّكَ لَتَهْدِي إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ That's the case of guidance. Hidayah here is the guidance. No, Ya Muhammad, you guide people to the right track. But you cannot put hidayah into their hearts. You show them the way, but you cannot force them to be muhtadeen. Then it is clear. And easy and simple to understand this is what Allah wants in both ayahs. No contradiction at all. Since, then what, what is this ayah doing in the, in the Kitab of Tawheed? That's the question that's always coming now. What is this chapter talking about and what is it concerned with the case of Tawheed? Since he talked, the author, in the last chapter about Shafa'ah, He mentioned here that also since Shafa'ah is not going to be done unless Allah allows it and permits it, also Hidayah cannot be given to anybody even if we love. The Hidayah of Tawfiq, to put the Hidayah into the heart, Iman into the heart. Even for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, even for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So in this case now we have to remember and remind those brothers who are having some kind of exaggerating in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is still a human being, although he is a messenger. As he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لا تطروني كما أطرق النصار بن مريم. Don't you overpraise me like the Christians overpraised Isa ibn Maryam. But say, the meaning of the hadith, عبد الله ورسوله. Slave of Allah and messenger of Allah. Slave like us. He needs to eat and, and he dies and he gets sick and he needs the women. But he is having something higher than us. which is the case of message. He is chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala among the whole human beings in that time, that is Muhammad sallallahu to receive the message of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. So in this case we say that does not give him any kind of possibility of being exaggerated in. And when people come and exaggerate in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and ask him instead of Allah, then they are making a big mistake. It could lead to shirk or polyvism, then there's no way to accept their deeds. This ayah have, actually have a story which is mentioned in the hadith. This is the first ayah, of course, in the chapter. And the, the second was is the hadith in Sahihain, Bukhari and Muslim. Both of them have narrated this hadith to, yani from Ibn al-Musayyib. Sa'id ibn al-Musayyib is one of the major tabi'in. He was... born on the year of 14 Hijriya and died in the year of 94 and he was one of the best of Tabi'in of course he was a high scholar high knowledge of Islam and also a very good Zahid of Islam in that time so in this case he narrated this hadith to his father Al-Musayyib who was attending this story which is mentioned in the hadith Al-Musayyib ibn Hazan was a Sahabi Sa'id his son is only Tabi'in Also, the, gra- the, the grandfather of Sa'id, that's 
Now, Al-Musayyib ibn Hazan, when the story happened, was not a Muslim. So three of them, actually, not this, the, the son and no. Al-Musayyib ibn Hazan, plus Abu Jahl, plus Abdullah ibn Umayyah, three men of leaders of Quraysh, went to Abu Talib when he was dying. He was leaving dunya. When Muhammad came, they were there. Muhammad heard that his uncle Abu Talib was dying. So he went to him trying to save him before he goes out of this dunya without La ilaha illallah. So when he came to the place and he found his uncle dying while these three people are there, he tried. He tried his best sallallahu alayhi wa to save this uncle. Because that, that uncle was really he has done his best to protect Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from Quraysh although he was not a Muslim at all so he told him yeah, yeah, oh my uncle please say la ilaha illallah a word I can really yeah, plead for you in the judgment day in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he, this will save you yeah, some kind of excuse that is the case of arguing no because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa never say that he is arguing for, with Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala but in this case that he is trying to find an excuse for his uncle to be saved from Jahannam when he says Zayla Allah before he dies and we know that anyone who says Zayla Allah even before he dies one single minute then he is inshallah safe that is really bringing us back really just a little bit of the story of the people who died before making any salah or some or hajj or zakah whether in the time of Muhammad or now as we said that guy brother he is a Muslim brother who was a kafir, he came after an asr to, to the Janiyat office of Rawdah, that was a few years ago. He came after an asr, he accepted Islam, and he left the office before al-Maghrib, and he had an accident. Some car hit him and he died. He did not make any salah or shawm or hajj or zakah. But we hope that Allah will put him in jail. Because he said, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And if the time salah comes, he will pray, of course. But it was... So in this case, Muhammad sallallahu was trying to ask, to, to urge his uncle Abu Talib to say la ilaha illallah. Now see this case. Abu Jahl, Fir'aun of this ummah, because the other two accepted Islam later on, became Muslims. Al-Musayyib ibn Hazan and Abdullah ibn Umayyah, the other guy, the third guy. These two guys accepted Islam, Abu Jahl no, he did not accept Islam and he died as a kafir. Abu Jahl and Abdullah ibn Umayyah said to Abu Talib, Would you die leaving the deen of your father, Abu Talib? See now how, how shaitan uses the friend to push the friend to the bad way. That's why Muhammad sallallahu told us always in his hadith, especially in that hadith, he told us that always try to choose your friend. Those friends who are really helping you in Islam, whenever you forget, they remind you. And when you remember, they help you. And he gave us an example of the good friend of the person who is selling perfumes. That if you come to him, whether you buy or you, he gives you a gift just to make some smells, good smells in your hand or your soap or so on, or at least, you're not going to pay any trouble with him. 
or maybe he's giving you a gift also. Because he says, yes, three things. Now, the other one, the bad friend is, the one that he's giving an example of the one who's using some fire to make some missiles. If you go to him, you are not going to be saved from something. At least, you may, some of this fire comes to your throat or your clothes, you hurt it, burn it, or you at least you will receive bad smell of what he is doing in your throat. So these friends of Abu Talib, Abu Jahl and the other two, when we they were coffins, he was dying. They're supposed to help him out to be good. But they are telling him, oh, are you leaving the deen of your father, Abu Talib? So Abu Talib did not accept the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he said he is dying on the deen of his father, and he died. La ilaha illallah. So this ayah was descended. Although this ayah, by the way, descended in Medina. We'll talk about this point later on. But this ayah also, as, because Abdul Kathir and the other Mufassirin, they say it is, there's no trouble that the ayah may be descended twice, or more than twice. Thrice. The same ayah. Maybe descended from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala twice or thrice. Or once, of course. This ayah was descended, as they say, twice. Because it's also descended when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was visiting the grave of his mother as we say later on inshallah when we talk about the end of the hadith. So, Al-Musayyib, Sa'id bin Musayyib was narrating that his father was attending the death of Abu Talib and that what happened and he told us the story. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said when Abu Talib died although he did not accept Islam he said I will Ask Allah forgiveness for you and lift Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the enough. You know, you, you feel that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam knew or felt that Allah will kill him not. He said in the Arabic version, he said, لَأَسْتَغْفِرَنَّ لَكْ مَا لَمْ أُنْهَا عَنْ ذَلِكَ So this ayah, Allah descended after that, the other ayah, مَا كَانَ لِلنَّبِيِّ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَيَسْتَغْفِرُوا لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ وَلَوْ كَانُوا أُلِي قُرْبًا even if they are close relatives. This part of the ayah also descended when Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was visiting his mother's grave. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he was passing by from Medina to Mecca, his mother's grave is that area, he asked Allah to allow him to visit the grave. Allah allowed him. He asked Allah to allow him to, to ask forgiveness for his mother. Allah did not allow him. These are the parents of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why you talk about them like this? No, ya habibi. It's not me. That's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying this. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself, when he was asked, and a man came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Ya Rasulullah, where is my father? His father is already dead. He said, your father is in hell. So the man felt sad and left. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called him. He said, come back. Your father and my father in Jahannam. أبي وأبيك في النار. And this hadith is صحيح. Now, now the Shia now, in this case, because they are hanging on the wrong ways, they say Abu Talib died as a Muslim. So they exaggerate in Abu Talib because of Ali ibn Abi Talib رضي الله عنه. And the descending sons of Ali ibn Abi Talib, as they say that they know the ghayb, the unseen world. They worship them. They ask them instead of Allah. They swear by Allah they are lying. And they swear no way to lie if they are swearing by Al-Husayn or Ali. Ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. A'udhu billah. 
So they are polytheists actually, but they don't show they are polytheism, so they are counted actually as hypocrites. The best description for the Shia now available are hypocrites. They are showing that they recite Quran, they, they show that they are praying with us, but actually inside their hearts they hate us and they hate Quran and they don't believe in Quran. If you read their own books, Sheikh Ihsan Ilahi Zahir, Rahimahullah, one of the, MashaAllah, yani, best scholars who studied the Shia system and beliefs, and he was killed by Shia, by the way, by a bump. He made so many books about Shia, and he was reading Persian. He, he can read and write Persian also. So he studied the Persian books of the Shia, which is printed in Tehran. And he always referred to their books. He referred to this such and such books, such and such page, such and such line. And he showed how these people really say that Quran which is available now is not a Quran. Where is Quran? Quran is three times of our Mus'haf. They say that was Shia they say in their books that their, the, the true Mus'haf they say, which is called Mus'haf Fatima, is three times of our Quran, has no single letter of our Quran, and it is hidden in Iraq since the year of 256 Hijriya. Almost 1000 years and no Quran available. Ish had it. But it is the case. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it clear to us that Abu Talib died as a kafir. Although we think that Muhammad used to love Abu Talib. Ah, wait, wait. Does he love him? Is he allowed to love Abu Talib? Yes. The natural love. The natural love only. Nuh alayhi salam used to love his son, although he was a kafir. Ibrahim alayhi salam used to love his father, although he was a kafir. A Muslim who marry a Christian or Jew lady, he will love her, of course. Although she is a kafir, but that's called natural love, which is allowed. To some extent, of course. It's goal, if it goes more than that, then it's a problem in here. But to love for Allah, to love Allah in the beginning, and to love for Allah and hate for Allah, that's the deal. And Muhammad although he loves Abu Talib naturally, he hates him. He hated him as a kafir. Abu, uh, Ali ibn Abi Talib, when Abu Talib died, came to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and he said, Ya Rasulullah, your uncle, your bad uncle, Ammuka al-Shaykh al-Dal, that's what he said, Ali ibn Abi Talib, died. So what did he do, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He said, take him to the desert and water, throw, throw him there and just put soil into him. Uncle of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yes, uncle of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As the same thing for Abu Lahab. And the others, they are covered, they are covered. No, no, no doubt in that. So we, when we talk about the case of love and hate, we mean the natural love in here. But when it comes to the deen, we love only for Allah's sake, for the sake of Allah. We hate only for the sake of Allah, not because of the color or nationality or so on. That's the way of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to Bilal, who was from Ethiopia. He used to love Suhaib from Romanian. He called Suhaib al-Rumi. He used to love Salman al-Farisi, Persian. And he used to hate Abu, Abu Talib and Abi Lahab, but they are both in the mar, they are his uncles. That's the deen of Muhammad, that's the deen of Islam, that's why. Through Islam, is through deen, 
because it does not look to the people. يا أيها الناس إن خلقناكم شعوبا وقبائل لتعارفوا إن أكرمكم عند الله أتقاكم إن أكرمكم عند الله the Arabs لا the Indians the whites the blacks this that no إن أكرمكم عند الله أتقاكم the more the person is closer to Allah the more he is beloved by Allah تبارك وتعالى and he is أكرم means more karama for him so in this case now Muhammad was visiting his mother's grave Allah allowed him that he asked Allah to allow him to make istighfar for his mother to ask forgiveness for his mother Allah did not allow him so this ayah again descended and Allah said ما كان للنبي والذين آمنوا أن يستغفروا للمشركين ولو كانوا أولي قربا Muhammad sallallahu or the mu'mineen are not allowed to make forgiveness or ask forgiveness for those people who die from their relatives even if they are so close relatives if they are polygists or kafirin yani just an example imagine a Hindu accepts Islam his parents already died if he says can I make ask istighfar for them of course not he cannot he cannot because this is the way if Muhammad sallallahu was not allowed you think that others will be allowed? So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descended this ayah and the other ayah of course إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ لَكِنَّ اللَّهِ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ We get a lot of points out of that. One of the points that we said that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a human being and he is having certain duty. He is not half a god or a god. He is only a mere human being like us. But he is better than us in the case of the message. As he said in Sahih al-Bukhari, لا تطروني كما أطرف النصار ابن مريم إنما أنا عبد فقولوا عبد الله ورسوله. And the other hadith also in al-Bukhari, he said صلى الله عليه وسلم, إياكم والغلو. Beware of exaggerating. Exaggeration is a really big case. And that's what will happen to Muslims when they exaggerate in five persons. They give them the things that are the right only which is only for Allah تبارك وتعالى. Where to ask them for barakah or to ask them for dua or to give qurban and so on. When they exaggerate in these people, they start to give them what Allah only deserves. So Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the best person of our walks in earth. He is the best among human beings. The best among the messengers. The best among the strong world messengers. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The best among the khalilayn. He is even better than Ibrahim alayhi salam who is the khalil also. But still although still he is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam not the God or the son of a God. That's why when we remember when that scholar Arabian scholar called Al-Busiri who made this poem called Al-Burda I think it's called in Urdu Natashirif something like that. Al-Burda is always Recited, and I mean recited, because I didn't say they say it, they recited. And this milad they make in Tulif of Rabi'i al-Awwal. If you really understand the meaning of that burda, you will be so shocked. Because that man is saying that, Ya Muhammad, he's calling Rasulullah sallam, that he, Ya Muhammad, you know everything. You know the right. You have dunya and akhirah. If you are not taking care of me in the judgment day, I will be lost. What is it for Allah? Did Muhammad say this to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? In fact, he said the opposite. 
as we said in these two hadiths in Bukhari and the other hadith also. So we are not allowed totally, no way, no excuse to exaggerate in Muhammad Muslims are always in the middle, alhamdulillah. Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah always in the middle. In the middle between others and middle also between the Jew and Christian. Take a look at the case of Isa alayhi salam. The Jew, the cursed nation, they described Isa alayhi salam, Billah, as a son of a dirty woman. So they put him down. Then came the Christians and they made the vice huh? And they raised him up to be the son of a god or the god. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clearly told us in his holy book that both of them are cups. لَقَدْ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْمَسِيحُ بِنْ مَرْيَمُ And the other ayah, which is the same surah, but two lines later on. لَقَدْ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ ثَالِثُ ثَلَاثَةَ Both of them are cups. So in this case now, how are we going to deal with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? How are we supposed to deal with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? We love him. We praise him. We make salat in him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But this love and praising should be in the right way. The way he told us sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the major case of it is to follow him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his sunnah. Not love for a person to say I love you, I love you, I love you when it comes to practice. Leave it alone. It's simple and easy to go and talk to Rabbi Allah as they do. And make a party, milad party for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and recite some of these things they are reciting, and the rest of the year forget Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's what they do, because shaitan is smart. They say, okay, resemble the, the, the Christians when they go to the church one hour a week. And these are the religious ones, by the way. These are the religious Christians. They go one hour in the week to the church. And the rest of the 23 hours of that day, Sunday, and the rest of the six days of the week, they are worshipping dunya. They are busy with eating, drinking, this, that, like animals. No, sorry, animals are better. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said this in his holy book. They are worse than animals. But for Muslims, no. We remember Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in every salah. Five times a day at least. We remember Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa We remember him whenever we hear Adhan. We remember him whenever we say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We hear his name we say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We love him and our love is not just to say by the tongue that the hypocrites they do this. As Allah told us in the hypocrites when they come to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the surah al-munafiqeen. Liars. They are liars because they say this by tongue only. But a Mormon is saying this by tongue and by heart also. Loving Muhammad sallallahu is not only by heart, by, by tongue. Ya Habibi ya Rasulullah and make these points and so on, not a sharif and so on, then forget the rest. Say Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, do this or nobody. Ya Subhanallah. If the deal is only just to praise a person by the tongue and leave, yani, just a yani, small example, although this is a, yani, not the same case. If you are driving by your car in the street and you see a policeman, traffic police, standing by the traffic light and it's red and you say, and you go, you cut the, the line, the, the light, the red light. Will he, he, will he think that you are really praising him and you are really respecting him? 
لا يا حبيبي تعال وين رايح قوي؟ طيب يا السلام عليكم يا اخي واي ور انجري؟ ايم انجري بيكوز يو بروك ذا رول. از ذا كيس اوف جاست جيف سلام ان جرجرنجر مع السلامه؟ لا يا حبيبي ذا كيس ذا ذيس ديل بريزنج محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم از باي هارد سيرس اند باي اكشن اولسو. نوت باي تانك اونلي. So these three cases, that's why Ahl Sunnah wa Jama'ah, they say about Iman, faith, it's not the only by the tongue or by the heart or by three cases. Iman, creed, statements and actions. All of them. Who said so? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the hadith which is narrated by Al-Bukhari and Muslim, both of them, they said, in different, of course, words, Al-Bukhari said, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Al-Imanu bub'un wa sittuna shu'bah. Muslim said, bub'un wa sittuna shu'bah. A'laha awl. To say لا إله إلا الله وأدناها إماطة أكشن إماطة الأذى عن الطريق والحياء by heart that's by heart شعبة من الإيمان all three things now this is إيمان is containing all three so action is part of the إيمان is that when we really misunderstand this word even in English you cannot say the same word actually in English you say belief belief is only by heart have you ever seen belief by hand you can't But actually in Arabic, the, 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 the language that Muhammad has spoken by, the, the, the Quran is spoken uh, and is descended by, or on, it is saying that Iman is containing all of these three. And actually, logically, if a person is really having a faith inside, it will affect his body. If you are, if I am sure 100% that this, there is a fire in here, I believe that, yes, there is a fire in this microphone. What I will do? Stand there and say, I believe. I will jump away. If somebody tells me that there is a bomb in the, under this table, as I laugh and sit down, I'll come and go. So the faith in here will affect my body. The faith of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the, 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 the greatest subhanahu wa ta'ala and He is capable, tabaraka wa ta'ala, of putting us in the most horrible torture in the grave and in the, in the, in the Jahannam al-A'udhu Billah will make me afraid and do or stop doing things that Allah does not like. When I hear that Allah is telling me, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, what I will do? I will listen. Why? Because I want to understand, so I will practice, I will do. As Ibn Mas'ud r.a. said, إِذَا سَمِعْتَ اللَّهَ يَقُولْ يَا أَيُّهَلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَأَرْعِلَهَا سَمْعَكَ Bring your ear and heart to hear what Allah wants to tell you. فَإِمَّا خَيْرًا تُؤْمَرْ بِهُ وَإِمَّا شَرًا تُنْهَا عَنْ Why we say, Ya amanu, like we are hearing anything else? No. Allah is talking to you. You are one of the Ladina Amen, right? You are a Mormon. Allah is calling you, Ya Ladina Amen. Listen to Allah, Allah is talking to you. It's not the tongue of the person who is speaking, the Imam or other things, or other people. It is Allah's word, subhanahu wa ta'ala, descended to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, calling you, Ya Ladina Amen. Do this or don't do that. So Iman is not just to say by tongue, but to believe in the heart. To say by the tongue and to do by the action. Also from this hadith and from this chapter, we can understand that Abu Jahl and the other two understood La ilaha illallah, unfortunately, better than a lot of Arabs now. I'm not saying than Arabs, the Arabs themselves. Because if La ilaha illallah was not Understood by Abu Jahl, why is he rejecting La ilaha illallah? He rejected La ilaha illallah because he knows, he knew what that means. It means that he will leave all of his gods and he will worship Allah only. It means that he will be following Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he does not want that. 
although he knows truly that that's truth. And that's said by his own tongue in the hadith which is mentioned when the story I told you before about when he was with Al-Akhnas ibn Shuraik and Abu Sufyan were going to the house of Muhammad at the dark and hearing the Quran. So Abu Jahl said it by his own tongue that he knows that Muhammad is in the right side. As Allah told us in his holy book, فَإِنَّهُمْ لَا يُكَذِّبُونَكَ وَلَكِنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ يَجْحَدُونَ they don't say that Muhammad is a liar in their hearts. They know he's a true, what he says is true. But now the case is this. If Abu Jahl knows liar Allah better than us, this is a problem. A big problem. Ask so many Muslims you want. Ask as much as you want. For Muslims, what does the true, what the, what the true meaning of la ilaha illallah? Unfortunately, he will tell you strange meanings of la ilaha illallah. That Allah is the only creator, and Allah is this, and Allah is the Lord. If this is Abu Jahl, believe that. Abu Jahl and the other Mushrikeen, they believe that. And they said, as Allah told us in his holy book, وَلَا إِنْسَاتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَلَا فَيَقُلُنَّ اللَّهِ Yani, the Bornists in the time of Muhammad did not reject that Allah is the creator and sustainer of the universe. Not at all. Upon the time of the other eyes. So what's the problem? The problem is Abu Jahl knows the true meaning of La ilaha illallah and he rejects it because of that. While Muslims say, they say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, the whole day and they are asking, the vice versa. He says, La ilaha illallah, and he worships someone else. He comes to the grave and says, La ilaha illallah, and he asks the grave to do him, to do him things. Subhanallah. Ishar. What kind of strange actions do these people are doing? He's, they say, La ilaha illallah, and he's asking the grave to give him risk or children or this or health or so. Ishar. Because they do not understand the meaning of La ilaha illallah. It's not only here. The non-Arabs, the Arabs themselves they are doing this. If you go to one of some of these Muslim countries around, some Arabian countries, you'll find that two million, two million people are going to one grave in one of the Muslim Arab countries to worship that grave. I'm saying they are making hajj, tawaf, sacrificing, shaving head, asking, subhanallah al so in this case, when you see that Abu Jahl, the one, the Fir'aun of this Ummah, knows or knew La ilaha illallah better than Arabs now, there's a problem in here. That means Arabs and the other Muslims actually did not study La ilaha illallah truly. Muhammad spent 10 years talking about nothing but La ilaha illallah in Mecca. For what? Without wisdom? Subhanallah al-Azim. Allah wa ta'ala told him and directed him to call people only for La ilaha illallah. 10 years. Yani almost half of his time of da'wah. What was the reason? No reason? No wisdom? Impossible. Impossible. Totally impossible. It was a big wisdom that the Arabs and the others, they get this word of la ilaha illallah, not only by tongue, but by heart, to, to observe it and to work, work it out in life. That's why when they did this, they changed the surface of the world that time. In 92 years, Islam was, or Adhan was, sound in Spain now. Also sound in Afghanistan now. And also sound in Turkey and South Sudan. How did that happen? What kind of missiles or new weapons they have created or made? It is only the biggest weapon which was La ilaha illallah. That they observed it inside and they went. They were out. These Arabs were Bedouins. They do not do anything. They didn't know anything. Most of them they don't write or read. They have no civilization. Civilization was in, in Persian. There was a civilization in the Byzantines, the Indians, and so on. So many 
Civilization is around, but no, Arabs were not civilized at all. But Allah chose them and gave them this deen, and they, then they moved to Cordoba for this deen. When they had understood truly what the Allah means. And this deen, subhanallah, does not say Arabs and non-Arabs. It says Muslims. هو سماكم المسلمين من قبل. البخاري الأرابيين. Is the Bukhari Arabian? Is Muslim Arabian? A Tirmidhi and Nasai ibn Umar? They were both of them are not Arabs. And they are the best of this Ummah. So we don't, we're not talking about nationalities or languages. We are talking about this deen. This deen, when he brings the person, he changes him. He makes him a different person. A person who has changed, he changed all of his things, thoughts and goals. All his old goals of having money and women and this, 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 gone, khalas, finish. Umar ibn Khattab was one of the worst. He used to worship dates. He make an idol with dates. And he worship it. And when he's hungry, he eats it. That man, in one day, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him hidayah, وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ He became one of the best of Sahaba. The second best Sahabi after Abu Bakr. What happened to him? He was injected by something? He learned some other language? He studied in some university? No. But he studied in the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He understood it and he practiced it in his life. That's why when he became the leader of this ummah, the khalifa of the ummah, he was the most poor person of the whole ummah. Find it now. You can't find him. And don't ask for him. Don't ask for people for a khalifa like Abu Khattab now because we don't deserve this guy. If we have Khalifa like Abu Khattab now in our world, we'll kill him. First of all, we have to change ourselves. We have to change the nations of Muslims now back to Islam, then we ask for Khalifa. Not before that. That's the correct way that Muhammad did. When he started in Mecca, he started with a lot of trouble. He faced a lot of trouble for this deal. And then when they really did it correctly, when they understand Islam and they fought for it, then they are giving the victory. Not before that. Victory does not come like this just because I lift my beard and become Da'ya, uh, Allah give me this victory, I'll be the leader of this world. No. First of all, we have to suffer. We have to suffer for this deed. Because hypocrites will not run away if this is the symbol of just leaving the beard. Hypocrites There is a possible to have positions and ministers and so on. Well, why not? But when it comes that they are going to be hurt, that's why there were no hypocrites in Mecca. Where then? Were there any hypocrites in Mecca? No. But when it comes to Medina, and there is, ah, leadership now become for Muhammad and for Sahaba, and they become, they are winning some battles, ah, now, there have to be hypocrisy. But in Mecca there were no hypocrisy. So now we are talking the same way, now we are facing this almost the same case of the Mecca time. Muslims are very weak, in two sides, weak in dunya and weak in deed. So we have to bring them back to Islam, first of all. Let them work it out correctly. Make their own strength. That's after their deen is okay. Then they can make their dunya okay. Then they are capable of changing the world. Nothing for that. We cannot leave this world now unless we are in Islam truly. People now say, why, don't, why can't we? Why Allah does not give us victory against these kafirin? Because we don't deserve it. Simply we don't. 
who will deserve victory and to lead this world when we are true Muslims. Majority of Muslims now are against the fact, majority of Muslims are falling into shirk. I'm not saying they are mushrikeen, but they are falling into shirk. I told you two million, two million of Arabs are falling, going to one grave, making hajj. More than the people who go to hajj to Mecca. In one grave, in one country. Now imagine how about the rest. How many people go to the graves of Al-Bayt in, in, in Iraq? How many people go in India for Ajmir and the others? Sayyid Madani, Shah Jalal in Bangladesh, Al-Darus in Yemen. Yalla, so many. How many people? How many people used to go to the graves in this country? 250 years ago. Unbelievable. The grave of Zayd ibn Khattab, they said, the grave of Zayd ibn Khattab here in Jubaila, beside Dur'iyah here. They used to go there and worship it and make tawaf into the sacrifice for. Do these, do these people deserve to have victory? They don't. Because if they have victory, they will destroy. So what strength do we have to lead this world? What kind of strength do we have? We have no strength actually. Not in deen, not in dunya. So first of all, we have to come back to Islam. Truly, become true Muslims, then Allah will give us victory. Allah did not ask us to, and did not ask Muhammad sallam to have the same weapons of the kafirin, or the numbers of kafirin. Yeah, I see, all the battles that done by Muhammad sallam or by Sahaba later on, you will never that the army of Muslims are equal or more than the kafirin. Never. All of the kafirin are more. Byzantines, Persians, and so on, all. Never the Muslims are more or less, or, or equal. But they had some fantastic and strong weapons that they are doing this for Allah. And they are running for this deen and trying to spread this deen. They are trying to convey the message of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the people. Carrying the mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's enough for us to be proud that we are carrying the mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahi it is enough. If we really want to be proud, to be proud, to feel that we are proud, we should really carry the mission of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the people. It's not only proud, but also we are going to be winners in dunya and after. Winners on ourselves that we are not going to lose our life in eating and drinking and playing like the others. But we are using our life to serve this deal of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Part of the benefits or understanding of these ayat and hadith that Muhammad did make his safar to his uncle before he was told not to. And also, he did his best to bring his uncle to Islam. And that reminds us of a case when he said that Abu Jahl knew that Islam is truth. Abu Talib also knew that Islam is truth. He made a poem saying that I know that the deal of Muhammad is truth. And if it was not, I'm going to be يعني, called bad news by my people, I will accept this وَلَقَدْ عَلِمْتُ أَنَّ دِينَ مُحَمَّدٍ مِنْ خَيْرِ أَدْيَانِ الْبَرِيَّةِ دِينَ لَوْلَ الْمَلَامَةِ أَوْ حَذَارَ مَسَبَّةٍ لَوَجَدْتَنِ سَفْحًا بِذَاكَ مُبِينًا I'll do it. But he was afraid that people would say, oh, he left his father's deen and he followed his nephew's deen. Arrogance. The first shaitan. Iblis became a kafir because of arrogance. When he feels that he is overestimating himself, he is saying, why I should bow for this uh, thing which is made of mud or clay? I am made of fire. Why should I bow for him? Arrogance. 
Is that the case that he is really making this better, but he's saying he's rejecting the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? His order is against the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Abu Talib and Abu Jahl and the others did not leave Islam or rejected Islam because they think it is not true. They believe it. فَإِنَّهُمْ لَا يُكَذِّبُونَكُ وَلَكِنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ بِآيَاتِ اللَّهِ يَجْحَدُونَ It's the case of arrogance. Abu Talib did not want to follow his nephew. And he did not, did not want to leave his father's deen. So he rejected لا إله إلا الله. Also, one of the cases that it is very dangerous to praise the ancestors if they are not in the right track. Just because my father or my grandfather or my family or my tribe are doing this, I am just praising them in this. I am not going to leave what they are, as Abu Talib did. If my father is not in the right track, Alhamdulillah, what can I say? I should be in the right track and I will make dua for him if I can. I'll call him if he accepts. As Ibrahim alayhi salam did, Ya Abati, Ya Abati, Ya Abati, he was calling his father for the deen and he did not accept. That's almost what we have to say regarding this case of the Hidayah. I hope that inshallah we have explained as much as we can about it. If you have any questions about this topic, I'll be happy to hear from you. Yes. Is that allowed? What do you mean what do you mean? Okay, do it. If he is alive, if he is dead already as a cover, no, no istighfar. If he is alive, we can make istighfar for him as if he is falling into shirk, but he's not a mushrik. And the case is this now. Some people say, okay, he fell into shirk, but he's not a mushrik because he did not, yani he did not know. Like the mother of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the father of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Although they died before Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, still Allah did not, did not excuse them for that. The case of Ahlul Fatra is another case we don't want to discuss now. But since the person died as a kafir or as a mushrik, we're not supposed to make support for him. But if he was doing some of the mushrikeen actions and he died, we didn't know. You cannot really judge him. You cannot say that he was a mushrik. Yani just imagine that yani, uh, a relative of yours died while he was going to Ajmer or this or that, you know. You cannot judge him that he's a, he's a mushrik. Because he may have executed, as Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that man who said the bad word. As you remember, the man who of the camel. Also, that man which is mentioned on the hadith of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he told his children, if I die, when I die, burn me and put me in the air, so if Allah catch me, if Allah brings me back. Now he's suspicious. He is, he's having a doubt that Allah is capable. That's kufr. Still Allah Sallallahu brought him and I asked him, then he, he said, because Allah was afraid of you, Allah forgives you. So you do not judge people if they are saying like Muhammad Rasulullah and they died on it. Even if they are doing shirk, you can't say that they are mushrik. It's not so easy because we have a, a rule in, in, in Islam that a person who falls into something, this thing is not going to be judged by. It. You cannot say that a person who is falling into shirk that he is a mushrik. A person who is falling into kufr, he is a kafir. A person who falling into nafati or bid'ah, he is a mubtada'ah. No. And this complete explanation to him and he is still insisting this, then he is. But most of those Muslims who die without knowledge, probably they are ignorant. So maybe this is a good excuse for them. So we make stuff for them as long as they are, became, uh, they are called as Muslims. Yes, yes sir. 
we don't we don't consider them Allah did subhanahu wa ta'ala Muhammad Hassan did do you reject that's okay Muhammad Hassan himself told us that his father is in Jahannam and he asked Allah to make istighfar for his mother Allah refused and did not let him did not let him to make istighfar طيب there is another say of the scholars by the way they say that the people of Ahl al-Fatra you just want to talk about it talk about it the people of Ahl al-Fatra means the people who did not have a messenger in, in their time some scholars say that those people plus those young children who die before they become old enough to be required for the deen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the judgment day will bring them again and will send them another messenger if they accept they will go to Jannah if they don't they don't but still this case is not really agreed upon this case of Ahl al is not agreed upon all the scholars of Muslims also the case of the father of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is very clear this hadith is correct correct hadith he said your father and mine both in Jahannam Abi wa abi kahinna how can you answer this you do, we, we do not know better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also the case of this ayah that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked Allah to, to make istighfar for his mother and Allah subhanahu alayhi wa sallam and he said مَا كَانَ لِلنَّبِيِّ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرُوا لِلْمُشْرِكِينَ so he called the mushrikeen will Allah forgive them or put them in Jahannam for a while and bring them that's up to him subhanahu wa ta'ala but for our side we say what is said in this book of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala what is said in the hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is our case we take them as they are questions? we'll see you inshallah next week hopefully